how a life of blessing begins with blessing God. We've looked at what it means to bless ourselves and how important it is to recognize God's blessing over us, no matter how things may cloud that. And next week, we look at what it means to bless one another. But this week, somewhere out of step, we'll be looking at what it means to bless our community. It had to be this week because we had the rededication at St. Albans. Um, preparing the, the sermon was quite tough because I was looking for blessing our community in it. Um, but it was bringing out the sort of scaffolding for what we need in order to bless our community rather than the practicality of, of going and blessing our community. So I'd love to talk to you guys about the meeting place and all that happens here for the community. I'd love to talk to you guys about the St. Albans Fair and how people really sort of enjoyed having that around, how going out and chatting to people around here about what's going on has been good, and actually it's a great exercise to be involved in. I'd love to talk to you guys about the two uh, old people homes that are close to here that we can, you know, you could be an amazing blessing to just getting to know and being present. Um, but the scaffolding is what the text is focusing on. So we're going to look at the scaffolding, if that's okay. Is that all right? Good, should we pray? Take these words, O oh God, Holy Spirit, and do with them what you will. Heal, challenge, refresh, encourage, search out, and lead us in the way everlasting. Amen. Amen. Now, we're on page 1219. Stick a finger there. That's a skill, yeah? And then uh, let's race across, if you can, with me. It sounds kind of out of step. Race across to 1 Samuel 21, verse 10 to 14. If you get there first, shout out the page number for the rest of us. It's a race. Come on, guys. It's a race. It's a race. You have to beat Richard. Come on. 280. Yes. Superb. Two what? 280. 280. Brilliant. You sure it's 280? 1 Samuel 21. It's not 280. From verse 10, it's 294. It's 294. All right. Um, any volunteers to read God's word? Quick, quick, quick. Oh, man. People are not on the same hype. I think I had coffee before I came. Any volunteers to read God's word? Yes, Ben. There we are. From verse 10. Let's go. Okay. Um, verse 10 to verse 14. Yep, great. Um, that day, David fled from Saul and went to Achish, king of Gath. But the servants of Achish said to him, Isn't this David, the king of the land? Isn't he the one they, they sing about in their dances? Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. David took these words to heart and was very much afraid of Achish, king of Gath. So he feigned insanity in their presence. And while he was in their hands, he acted like a madman, making marks on the doors of the gate and letting saliva run down his beard. Achish said to his servants, Look at the man. He's insane. Why bring him to me? Am I so short of madmen that you have to bring this fellow here to carry on like this in front of me? Must this man come into my house? Super. So um, King David, he's not king yet, but this is the same David who uh, faced off lions, faced off bears while sh shepherding sheep. Goliath came about, he went and faced him off with a slingshot, forehead down, Goliath dead. David slayed 10,000, Saul slayed tens of thousands. David was anointed by Samuel to be king. 
when God rejected Saul. So he was due to be the king of Israel. He was serving in the king of Israel's court, but the king of Israel was jealous of him and wanted him dead. So what happens at this point is David has run away from Saul. He's gone to another king's court. But his reputation has preceded him. So he's now afraid for his life. So what does he do? What does he do? Any answers from what we've read? He goes, he goes crazy. He pretends he's crazy. So he's beard drooler. He's Mr. Beard drooler. He's Mr. Beard drooler. We've got Mr. Beard drooler here. Why are we reading this? Because the psalm which Peter quotes, if you flick back where your finger was, at the end of, uh, at the end of our readings, which is uh, chapter 3, verse 10, is, is straight from Psalm 34. And it's the psalm composed by Mr. Beardruller in that time where he had to be a drool to save his life. Does that make sense? So let's skip. Brilliant. You can leave Samuel behind. Let's go across to Psalm 34. It's a race. Let's go. Oh, wicked. That was really quick. 561, respect. Psalm 34. Are we there? You're there. The boys are there. I'm not there yet. I'm slow. Like I said, this is a different book from the one I use. Five, six, four. Yeah? Five, six, one. Superb. Line number one. What do you do when you've run away from someone who wants to kill you, who is boss in the place you're supposed to take over? Complain, don't you? That's the normal natural thing. I can't believe this. I'm due to be king in this place. This guy wants me dead. I've just run away. I've had to pretend to be insane in the, in, in the courts of a king who God has promised he's going to make me ruler over. What do you do? Complain. What does he do? What's line number one? I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. Extol. What's the other word for extol? Mike, help us out. What's the other word for extol? Say it loud. Bless. I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise will always be on my lips. Why? Look at verse 4 of the psalm. I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm a child of God. Remember that from last week. Why praise God continually? Look at verse 6. This poor man called and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Verse 17. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. Verse 22. The Lord redeems his servants, and no one will be condemned who takes refuge in him. So, why are we looking at, verse, at Psalm 34? Because Peter, the fisherman, who was called by God, quotes the psalm. And that's kind of an interesting point. The fishermen weren't really the most educated or the most intelligent in that day and age. But here we have a man who, after encountering Jesus was soaked in this so much that in a letter he's writing, he quotes a psalm, an obscure psalm. Read your Bible, pray every day if you want to grow. Do you remember the song? 
stick it in your minds. I'm going to do something a bit, uh, you can excuse me here, because I'm, I'm a bit here and there with this. We've come in through the back door into our reading, yeah? I need us to stop, come out the back door, go around, and come through the front. Is that all right? And then we'll meet back where we, where we were. Does that mean we've got to the kitchen, it's great, the kettle's boiling. Let's go around and come to the front, and then we can, we can come to the front properly. Does that make sense? But don't forget everything you saw in the house. Let's come around. 1 Peter 2, verse 11. Beloved, dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. So let's follow this opening line. In what sense are we aliens and strangers? A couple of key words to refer to here. One is incarnation, two is crucifixion, three is death and resurrection, all those are two words in one, four is ascension, and five is Pentecost. One, a thing happened in history that's undeniable. Mr. Sun, Moon, and Star Maker himself chose to become a man and walk the earth. He was born a baby. Hashtag incarnation. Yeah? Number two, both as God in the garden and as man on earth, Jesus, he was rejected by men totally, emotionally and physically. Hashtag crucifixion. Our rejection of God should have been met by his rejection. But instead it was met with love. Arms stretched out by nails on a cross as he takes the punishment that should be ours. Where we should die and fall into eternal torment, the eternal one, the eternal one is tormented for us. He drinks from a very deep, very deep cup of suffering. As deep as the combined eternal suffering of all who have ever lived. He dies our death. But as the Lord of life, death's sting is proved powerless before him. The stone keeping him buried is rolled away. Hashtag resurrection. Boom. Four, after spending time with his buddies, having resurrected, Jesus does the levitation thing. He ascends on the clouds and goes. Don't lose the wonder of this, because this is not a story, just kind of a random Peter Pan story. This is real stuff. He did, it's not a fairy tale. He ascended and they saw him going in the clouds. It doesn't vanish. It's not a, it's an unheard of thing. Prudence, have you heard of anyone else vanishing into the sky? I haven't. Have you heard of anyone vanishing? It is a real thing. This actually happened. So if you believe this, you are one of those wacky people. You are strangers in this world because a strange thing happened and you know it to be true because you know the man who did it. Don't lose the wonder. Hashtag ascension. Number four and five. Before heading up, Jesus promised the Holy Spirit, world creator spirit, who was hovering over the deep in the beginning. Resurrection power spirit. To guarantee us the eternity that is to come. Our engagement ring to God. Evidence of our citizenship in heaven. And also the power to live here as heavenly people. Hashtag Pentecost. My passport says British, but I was born in Uganda. My origin is very different from my citizenship. 
There are people here whose passports say elsewhere, but they're living here. Their, their, their origin is different from, their citizenship even is different from their residence. You see how these things can differ. So it's not a strange thing to be a heavenly citizen, have the passport, but a resident of earth. Chiswick, even. It's not, a, it's not a strange thing to have your origin in earth, your citizenship in heaven, but your residence on earth. It's not a strange thing. So, brothers, I urge you, brothers and sisters, dear friends, I urge you as aliens in a strange world, people who believe this wacky thing that happened in the world where people don't believe wacky things like that can happen, I urge you as those, abstain. Abstain from what? Sinful desires which war against your soul. The thinnest place between heaven and earth is you. Do you remember when we touched on that a couple of months ago? The thinnest place between heaven and earth is you. And the image for that was a boat coming into uh, the, the, the harbor and they throw the ropes out and the people catch the ropes and they tie it to the bollards. Yeah? And that secures the boat to come in. They have to tie it to the bollards. Um, we are the bollards. Holy Spirit's the rope. Ship is the kingdom of God. We are part of the harbor. There is a coming kingdom. Holy Spirit is the rope. We are aliens in this world, but for a reason. For a reason. So when he talks about abstaining, it's actually living out, first and foremost, the thing to which we have been called, but also the thing that makes us holy. We'll come back into that. Chapter 2, verse 4. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. Verse 9, but you are a chosen people, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. Verse 10, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Once you were no one, but now you're the bollards on this harbor that God is using to anchor his kingdom as it comes in. Look to your neighbor and say you were chosen to be an alien. A stranger in this world. <laughs> when I first wrote that down, some of you may get this, some of you may not. When I first wrote that down, uh, the, the line that came afterwards was, but what does that mean? Nobody knows what it means, but it's provocative. It gets the people going. Abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. This is point one. You're strangers in the world. Make what this world desires something strange to you because it's trying to claim you for the dust while God has claimed you for the glory of being his own child. Does that make sense? Your citizenship is drawing you 
into being something else. But the desires of the earth, the things that people who don't believe wonderful things can happen, are drawing you back into the dust to give you citizenship in a kingdom that will be ultimately done away with. Does that make sense? It's trying to claim you for the dust while God has claimed you for the glory of being his own child. Greed, anger, lust, gluttony, slander, gossip, malice, false witness, lack of self-control, hypocrisy, deceit, envy, jealousy. The jealousy which also includes comparing with someone so that you feel bad about yourself. These are things of the dust. These are things of the earth. They're not things of the country from which you, you get your passport. They war against your soul. You are chosen. You are called and given the Holy Spirit so that you can be an alien to these things. <laughs> Sorry, that's hilarious. What's the effect of this alien living? Verse 12. Still got the books open there. Verse 12 of, which chapter is that? Chapter 2. Live such good lives among the pagans that, they accuse, that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day that he visits. So how do we bless our community? Well, first by fighting for our soul and abstaining from the earthly desires that are trying to keep us in the dust. We know the King of Kings and that He is in control and that His plans are never thwarted. So, submit to every authority, it says. Like Jesus, Mr. Sun, Moon, and Star Maker, who stood before Pilate. Like King David, who many times over, if you read the story, I mean, if you, we watch EastEnders and all these kind of things and all the different TV shows, Game of Thrones, and we're looking for action. Read Samuel. Follow from Joshua all the way to Samuel all the way to Chronicles, all the way to Kings, or Kings then Chronicles. You will read about a man who asked the son to stand still so that he could win a battle, and the son stood still. Not stories like Peter Pan, real stuff. Not Game of Thrones, real stuff. It's all in there. It's something to be excited about. If you don't have one, get one. Take one from here, go with it. Have a read, this stuff is life itself. It means never gossiping about your boss or speaking ill of them behind their back. Not just your boss, your friend. The way of heavenly citizens is the way of respectful submission to everyone. Speaking the truth and love, which is one of our values here, at all times. Honoring everyone from the very least to the king. Chapter 3, verse 8. We go to chapter 3. Finally, all of you, live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic. Love us, brothers. Be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing. Because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. Why live this heavenly citizen way of life here on earth? First, because it gives God glory. Second, because it's good for us. It's a blessing to us. And third, it points people to him who can save them from death 
and has saved them from death. It, in all the sort of action films, uh, there's a film I watched, I think, is it Taken, Taken 2, I think like that, where um, he, he, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's driving with his daughter uh, and they're being attacked, they're in a foreign country. And to get to safety, what are they trying to do? They're trying to get to the American consulate. They drive, and they drive into the American consulate, and all the baddies stop chasing them. Because that's a different territory now. It's a different territory. It's still in a foreign country, but it's a different territory. The baddies can't come in there. When we live heavenly kingdom citizen lives, we become that bollard. We become a different territory, a different space. Why? Because... One, we're being blessed, but we're being blessed to point. Someone says, where are you from? I'm from heaven. Where are you from? From heaven. How are you from heaven? Because, hashtag what? Incarnation. Hashtag crucifixion. Hashtag resurrection. Hashtag ascension. Hashtag Pentecost. Real stuff happened. You point them to God. And what happens? Repentance. Look at the empty seats. This is a thing to consider when you come to church. I despair when I see empty seats because in empty seats I see the spaces that my family, who some of them aren't Christians, could be occupying. I see the spaces that my neighbors, who are desperate for Jesus, could be sitting in. I see the spaces that the elderly people I know who are suffering from loneliness, even the young people who are suffering from loneliness and depression, could be finding hope and peace. I see it and it breaks my heart. So I flash my passport at every opportunity I get. Does that make sense? It's a, it's a real thing. It's not, we could serve tea, but know the undergirding thing. And I think Peter says it. Where is it? Yes, verse 15 of chapter 3. But in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. It's funny though. <laughs> Someone shout out the, the title of that little passage that we just read for the second half of our reading. Quick, quick, you can get to it. What does it say? The top page 129 on the right side. Suffering for doing good. Suffering for doing good. When you're an alien in a world that's swimming this way, if, you, if, you, if we can imagine, desires of the flesh draw you this way to the dust. Heavenly citizenship draws you that way towards redemption. Which way are we swimming? Which way is everybody else swimming? What happens when you're swimming that way and a thousand people are swimming this way? You're bumped into. It's not easy, is it? You go into the office and you sit down and what are they doing? Gossiping. I, I play football with a bunch of guys who don't know Jesus. Every five minutes, there's a sexual slur somewhere. It's hard for their girlfriends to come and watch the matches. Imagine that. Because in that space, they're not human beings. They're objects. Everybody's swearing. And I know within me, I've got a thousand and one swear words. What happens when someone slight tackles me unfairly? Everybody's swimming this way. I'm trying to swim that way. It's hard. It's hard. 
I um, last week went to post, um, it's hilarious, this little kid, uh, his name's uh, David Robertson. If you get to hear this on the podcast, David, you've blessed my life. In, the first, in my first week here, um, he, uh, he photocopied um, his hands uh, while he was brushing, after brushing his teeth with his toothbrush. And uh, he wrote on the photocopy, God has no hands but yours. And uh, laminated it, stuck it in the post and sent it. Um, and I just kind of started here. So I was still a bit insecure. I've got stupid insecurities. For instance, Mike and Rich are taller than me. This is, you laugh, but this has been hunting me forever. My family is full of really tall people. My sister is 13. She's going to be taller than me in the next two years. I'm the shortest person in my house. My mom is shorter than me. This is hard life, yeah? So I, I come in here, and they preach stonking sermons. It's brilliant. And I'm just starting to quake on the inside. An envelope lands. I open the envelope, and it's this card that says, God has no hands but yours. And just like a rushing wind, I just get this peace, and I'm just overwhelmed by love, encouraged by someone just so young, just living out his passport. So I went and I bought an action Bible, which I think if you struggle to read this, start from that, because it illustrates all these kind of things. You get to see the donkey that spoke. You get to see the swords and all that kind of stuff. It's exciting stuff. So I got the Bible, and I sort of wrapped it, and I went to the post office, and I posted it to him. And as I was walking out the post office, who's been to the post office up there? As I was walking out the post office, I just went through one of the aisles. The guy at the till was serving someone, there were about four people in the aisles on this side, a couple of people in the aisles on the other. He stopped serving the person he was serving, walked to the aisle I was going to walk through, and observed me as I walked straight through it. It hurt, man. It cut me deep. There's no reason for him to do that other than his own prejudice. As I walked past, I smiled at him. I smiled at him and I left. To you, that's nothing. But to me, who had anger issues from... Day dot, who something like that, I would flip out and we would have serious words. It's insane for me to look back on it and go, thank you, Jesus. Why? Because self-control is a thing that resurrection power, Holy Spirit person gives you as part of your passport. It's a stamp on it. You suffer for doing good. The world is not good. You're swimming against the tide. I communicated two things to him. One, that I had seen what he had done. And that's an important thing to remember. It's not that we don't name something for being wrong. But I wasn't going to respond in kind. I wasn't going to respond to insult with insult. And I didn't plan my response. Don't walk away from here thinking, oh, Dennis thought this through and he was self-controlled. No, it just happened. It's only in hindsight that I look at it and I give God glory for who he's making me. I said to him, with that smile, this is self-control and peace. I mean you no harm. I'm not here to steal from your shop. It will be hard in your office, in your school, at the bank, on the dog walk, in the queue, on the bus, in the tube, because you're moving in a completely different direction, ushering a completely different kingdom, the kingdom of God. So, We've come through the front, we came through the back, we're meeting in the middle. Is that all right? Are we there now? Yeah? Let's go back to Psalm 34. Who can remember the page? I don't remember the page. 
561, perfect. The poem by Beardrula, not yet king, man in exile, David. At the end of the talk, I'll read this psalm in its entirety. But right now, I'd like us to focus on two verses, verse 19 and 20. And this is what it says. A righteous man may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. In verse 20, he protects all his bones, but not one of them will be broken. Not one of them will be broken. Peter quotes this psalm in a passage where he talks about suffering for doing good. He protects all his bones. Not one of them will be broken. Another little Bible shift. Are you ready? John chapter 19, verse 31. Let's go. Come on, Richard. You have to win one of these, man. Mike, help the team out. Come on. John chapter 19, verse 31. We'll start from verse 31. If you've got the page, shout it out. 101088. Almost there. Brilliant. Verse 31. Here's what it says. Follow me with this. Now it was the day of preparation, and the next day was to be a special Sabbath. Because the Jews did not want the bodies left on the cross during the Sabbath, they asked Pilate to have the legs broken and the bodies taken down. Who are on the cross? Jesus and the thieves. Yeah? The soldiers therefore came and broke the legs of the first man who had been crucified with Jesus, and then those of the other. But when they came to Jesus and found that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced his sides with a spear, bringing the sudden flow of blood and water. The man who saw it has given testimony. His testimony is true. He knows that he tells the truth. It says in verse 36, these things happened so that the scripture would be fulfilled. And what does it say there? Not one of his bones, not one of his bones will be broken. In his drooly state in exile, David writes a poem. In the poem is a prophecy, a prophecy about Jesus and Jesus' enduring suffering. And God is so faithful that in David's alien state, he uses him. And for me, it comes resounding to us as the biggest encouragement that actually, regardless, we sang it today, sorrow may last the night, joke comes in the morning, regardless of the circumstance, when our citizenship is heaven-bound, heaven-based, our bones. Jesus is the example. His bones were not broken because God said so, and God did it. If we endure, it says in 2 Timothy, with him, we will reign with him. Living as an alien in this world will be tough. It will be fruitful for us. But it's the same God who gives us the power to live through it and is faithful to us in it that is going to protect us and carry us and lead us through to the place where our citizenship is. He protected him so his bones were not broken. God is faithful, and that's the strength we draw on by his Holy Spirit, the ring given to us, to stay a blessing, being blessed by him, and being a blessing to our community 
even though they swim in an opposite direction from us. I'm going to read the Psalm 34. Um, please hear the invite to come see us at the meeting place if you want to chat more about that. If you want to know a bit more about what to do community-wise here, there's so many things that church does. Um, it can be a part of that. It can be a part of the story at the six here. Help us grow and be a place for the community. You can give to help St. Albans continue to be a heart of the community. But I'd love for us to just be refreshed, encouraged, and renewed in living as aliens on this earth by hearing the promises and hearing from a man who suffered for doing good as he praises God and gives reason for praising God. Is that all right? Let's bow our heads. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will be on my lips. My soul will boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil. Turn your lips from speaking lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the memory of them from the earth. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. A righteous man may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them. He protects all his bones, all his bones, and not one of them will be broken. Evil will slay the wicked. The force of the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems his servants. No one will be condemned who takes refuge in him. Amen.